Hello everyone, this is Patrick Studebaker from the Road to Freedom podcast. I just wanted to come on and uh, explain a little bit about uh, this episode. Uh, we were going to do uh, two news stories and uh, an introduction to the NAP, but we ended up going a little bit long on the news stories, so decided to break it up into two different episodes. Uh, so uh, episode two will be uh, two different uh, news stories, and then uh, episode three will be the uh, introduction to the NAP. Um, so uh, you're going to hear just a, a conversation between Matt and myself, and then it'll uh, cut off, and then the next episode will be the NAP. One. Welcome to the maybe one or two people now who are joining us uh, once again for the Road to Freedom podcast. Uh, I'm your host, Patrick Studebaker. And Matt Martin. My friend. Uh, today we have some juicy topics to talk about. Uh, we're talking about uh, follow-up to our stadium uh, issue that we have here locally, and uh, who would have thought the government's poisoning our water supply now? Who to thunk? So, uh, we also have a discussion today of what the non-aggression principle is, which is the basis for all true libertarian uh, idea. Uh, essentially, if you don't subscribe to uh, the NAP, it's a hard, uh, hard stance that you have to take to uh, call yourself a libertarian. Uh, there are other uh, political thoughts that you can have if uh, you don't subscribe to it, but we'll get into that. First, um, pretty much a day or two after we did the podcast, uh, Forbes.com uh, released this article uh, about how will a new stadium make your city richer? And, you know, Matt, I know we're always worried about the government listening to us, but if Forbes.com is going to give us articles pretty much a day or two after we uh, do our podcast, not even release it, I'm okay with uh, private companies listening in on our uh, phone conversations. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, just to remind everyone uh, for what what we have here uh, in Kalamazoo is we have a, a, a private company who is attempting to build up a downtown area of a city in a county that is uh, going to attempt to use county taxpayers to fund a single stadium of some use of some unknown makeup design. Uh, they they don't know. Uh, where the property will lie specifically because they haven't um, found out who already owns that property would be willing to uh, sell that property right out. And they want to make the taxpayers uh, uh, responsible for uh, what essentially has been a boondoggle in every other uh, city location. So Farb says this article uh, questioning if stadiums actually would make your city richer. And so they picked uh, uh, the... North Carolina Panthers Stadium, I guess it's housed other ones like uh, the 2012 Democratic Convention, uh, some NASCAR races, and they question whether or not just in hotel use, uh, it would make money for, for the hotel and uh, make, make money uh, for, the, for the city in general of, of when these events go on. And what it says here in the article from Forbes is that uh, some events do actually do good in the area for the hotel, which is understandable. You have more people come in, you're going to use your services, of course, you're going to see an uptick. But then some others do not. There are people that come in just for the day, park and leave. So this idea of saying, oh, it's always going to help or it's in the net positive going to affect 
hotels, restaurants, etc., etc. Uh, that's not always the case. Uh, they said that uh, in the article that annual hotel tax revenue of two hundred eighty thousand dollars they attribute to the uh, North Carolina Panthers, right? Panther, Panthers are North Carolina. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I'm not. I'm not a sports person. Obviously, I I, I use the example or use the, uh, the the analogy of moving the football uh, for freedom, and uh, I always have to say, is that is that the home run one or is that the, the uh, three pointer one? So clearly, <laughs> I'm I'm a great sports analogist. Uh, but they say that uh, less than one percent of the thirty three point four million dollars that Charlotte had to pay in 2016 to service the stadium, arena, venue related debt the city has incurred. Uh, is is what uh, that two hundred eighty thousand from the hotels tax revenue came out? So barely one percent of of what it takes to, to do the upkeep. And, and of course, uh, when when you're reaching in the pockets of other people, you're uh, you're also having to uh, tell people about uh, the upkeep and the pay for the people in the stadium. There are other factors involved, and. I mean, how many times, how many weeks are there in football? 28? Uh, 16 or 17. Yeah, so it, it, not all of those are going to be home games. So, you know, what if, if you're just looking at this team and saying, oh, you know, this is a multi-million dollar franchise. Um, you know, we, we we're, of course, we're going to get huge, huge funding from this. Well, you know, what, eight, let's say eight games are home games. And you're assuming that, you know, the stadium's going to be completely filled up. And the, the hotels are going to fill up because people are coming in from outside whatever area it is to, to witness this. I mean, especially in the, the early weeks, the people probably aren't going to care too much about the uh, Panthers. Well, yeah, and then you hit where, you know, if the team is doing crappy that year and if or if they're playing a crappy team, not as many people go. They go to the, the bigger name teams when they play. Yeah, yeah, or they choose the local team because, uh, you know, the college kids or the AAA leagues or whatever. Uh, you know, it's just more fun to watch them because they have the ability to uh, play harder because they want to get to the next level. They want to see the, the, the scouts pick them so that they can get paid multi-million dollars to put a put a pigskin down the field. <laughs> uh, so the article goes on to say here that uh, uh, but the people who work at the hotels will spend money, which will generate additional tax revenue. And they say, yep, that's a good point. So let's assume that all hotel spending ends up back in the city's hands. Even if the city scoops up literally all the additional hotel revenue uh, that is attributed to the Panthers game and let none of it for the hotel employees, owners, and so on, Panthers-related hotel revenue would still only bring in about 10% of what's needed to cover the debt payments. And it's not reasonable to think the city would walk off with literally every cent of additional hotel spending attributed to the Panthers game. And... I mean, this is what we see um, uh, in, in other types of, of government spending, like uh, the, the assumption of the, like, the health care that Bernie Sanders was always pushing. It's if you took literally all the rich people, stole their money, 100% of it, you would cover it for six to eight months. Yeah, but the rich people are going to leave then. <laughs> <laughs> what? No, that's never going to happen. Rich people don't have easy access to mobility and the easy, easier access to... <laughs> To find loopholes to get their money out of the country—that's that's just not possible, Matt. You're crazy. Not in Bernie Sanders' world. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. The Laffer curve uh, does not exist in in Bernie Sanders' world. No, <laughs> <laughs> Matt. Uh, for, w- I should say that we are a podcast that that are two normal guys who are liberty-minded that want to learn more about libertarian thought and ideas. 
And that's the whole point of, of, of why we decided for this podcast. So can you boil it down, Matt? Uh, we, we, we all know what the Laffer Curve is, obviously, but for those you know five or six-year-olds who are listening to us, what is the Laffer Curve? Well, the Laffer Curve is just, it simply states that um, the less you tax people, the more you'll actually get in tax revenue. Like, for instance, the rich people who can afford to find loopholes, can afford to hide their money in bank accounts that the America doesn't know about. The If you're making them pay 40%, they're going to do that. They're going to hide, and then we're not going to get as much taxes paid. But if you were to bring it down to maybe like 25% or just something more reasonable, which any taxation is theft, though, I mean. But right, if right. you bring it down to something reasonable, then more people will... Be like, oh, well, I'm only having to pay 20% in my taxes now, and you're going to get actual more tax revenue paid in than you would if you just raised taxes. Right, right. So, uh, you know, if, if, you have, if you have that lower tax revenue, you're also not using more government funds to, to pay agents of the IRS to uh, go and investigate. Uh, and so you always have to think about it's not just money coming in, but also money going out. How much does it take to fund the IRS, uh, the agents, and the accounting software, and, and everything that goes along with that? Um, so that's that's all uh, that, uh, that Laffer attributed to his, I mean, it's a nice little graph. It's, it's really simple and easy, and uh, I would say a good majority of economists believe it, or at least uh, recognize it academically, but they, they're the, sometimes, uh, especially on the Keynesian uh, politics uh, spectrum of the or the economic spectrum uh, tends to uh, disavow uh, how much truth is is in that. Uh, but back to the article, uh, the article says, "Well, you might say, but people do more than spend on hotel nights at the Panthers game. This is also true, but it still doesn't justify the subsidies. Assume people spend exactly twice as much on game-related stuff as they spend on hotel nights, which triples the tax take uh, because." Hotels have uh, a luxury tax. Uh, it's some some tax. We have it here uh, in in Michigan, uh, in in our, our city for hotels. There's there's always the sales tax and then the luxury tax or convenience tax, which uh, I, f- I forget what exactly it's called, but it's definitely on all hotel bills. But Panther game related tax sales revenue is about 2.5 percent of what Charlotte had to pay in debt service in 2016. So just just the very fact that. It's their debt. It's not. It's not even a profit of, of, of what they would make. Just just the, the debt service. Yeah, I think one thing that's interesting is that, like I, I feel like with these city brought in or the city funded um, taxpayer funded stadiums, since it's taxpayer funded, they're not really in it for the profit, so they don't think about all these things. Where if you took like a private company to build a stadium, they're gonna they're gonna think about all these things beforehand and be like, well. Am I going to make money off of this? Will it, you know, in the long run, how long will it take me to actually, you know, make a profit? But these city-owned ones don't care about that because they right. just, yeah, they just want more. In reality, it just seems like they just want more people in the city, but they're not actually making money off of it. Right, and there's other factors involved too, like uh, traffic patterns and and uh, just the the wear and tear of a stadium or the parking lots, and the very fact that there's always a lender of last resort. Uh, to use a, a bank analogy, is you can always go back and say, well, you know, the stadium's fledging here. Uh, we're going to get, um, uh, you know, we're, we're going to lose votes if we turn it over to a private company uh, to, to kind of recoup some of our value. 
Uh, but it's always easy just to reach again into the pockets and say, okay, now there's a stadium tax. And, and again, a lot of this stuff, it's not just on the city or in the immediate area's vicinity. It's on a county level. There, there are bonds that are created that, yes, people vote for it, but uh, you know, if, if people of a city think that they're, they're going to get more benefit out of it, uh, they're more likely to, to vote. And you have a bigger congregation of people than in the outlying uh, townships or, or districts. Yeah. Uh, I, I thought this was an interesting example. So they brought up uh, how there was a 2017 PJ championship in Charlotte here. And the expenditure for public safety was 330000 for just the, the event. So it's a four-day PGA Tour event. It has the same effect as the Panthers' eight-game season. Hey, look at that. I think I think I did say eight eight home games. So you know, you got it right. I mean, here I am. I'm I'm going to start throwing off baseball statistics from the the 1964 Cincinnati Reds. Uh, but they say that uh, estimates suggest that uh, it didn't. The additional hotel tax revenue wouldn't cover the city's outlay for tournament-related public safety. And I, I thought this was an interesting point too, because obviously here they're just looking at the economics. But if you have more police that have to be hired, you're going to hire them not for just events. I mean, you might have reserve officers that, that come in and just do stadium stuff, but you're going to have people that need to have the ability to you know, arrest drunk people and to um, stop vagrants from pestering the, the rich people down at the, the stadium who are coming in to spend money, who you want to encourage as the city to uh, come back and spend money in different different ways. Um, so you're going to have a larger police presence, especially when there's stuff that's not going on in the city mm-hmm. or in the stadium. You're going to have a larger, essentially, police state. So if, if you need, you know, uh, two different shifts, uh, you know, 36 more officers because of union rules, um, the, the average increase per officer per shift is going to increase because a lot of times there's uh, shift minimums that the union requires. And you also have a larger police police presence in the off season. Yeah, that's going to have everybody losing out on money because they're just going to hire. I mean, you can't just hire seasonal cops. So they're the the whole year for these just for these eight games and whatever other kind of events they might hold at the stadium. They've now right. hired that many more cops that they have to pay the entire year. Right. Which we know personally when there are local events that are are. Uh, done in a, in a privately held stadium, there are seasonal security people. And you uh, don't even have police presence half the time. You have the ability to, to call them because for some odd reason, uh, you're not allowed to uh, protect your property in a way of holding people or just shoving them out the door. Um, <laughs> but you have the ability to, to have contract workers come in for a short period of time. Uh, uh, and we've seen that. We, we've seen that for even larger events that, that get held in the stadium that's more than just the average hockey game. Yep. All right. So we thought that was a fun and interesting article uh, that came out pretty much a couple days after we did the, the first podcast. Um, and we still don't have a website, so we're not going to uh, post that, but uh, we'll have to check the numbers. And because we can't just uh, reach into the, the, the coffers of, of the public, uh, we have to make sure that this is a product that uh, is willing to be uh, purchased or listened to, uh, obviously, for free. Wait, we can't um, just tax the people and then hope it makes us a profit down the road one day? Well, I, I don't know if you're you're rubbing uh, elbows with the, the elites uh, in power, but I definitely uh, do not. The, 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 the most I do rubbing elbows with people are, are farmers who decide to j- jump on a uh, on a township board. 
Right. <laughs> All right. Uh, so uh, most of you probably remember that in uh, a couple years ago, uh, gosh, when did that news story break for the Flint water crisis? Uh, oh, man. There. In 2014, uh, wasn't it? Yeah, it was It was early in the 10s. So, yeah, uh, t- 2012, 2014, um, Flint had an issue with uh, lead um, in their water supply. And, of course, uh, it, it's it's the appropriate blame is on the government because they're the ones that uh, made the changeover from what they were doing to, to um, a different water supply that um, caused them to uh, have more contaminants pass through them. So that's a good example of what we saw when we had uh, government intrusion into uh, uh, something that uh, is considered a public utility, uh, but obviously would have been better off if we had a private holder or at least somewhere in the middle of the line, a a private entity to help um, uh, provide water to people. Um, But here in Kalamazoo, uh, we have uh, two townships, Parchment and Cooper Township, that have uh, been tested and found to have uh, 26 times higher than the federal health advisory, which I'm sure the federal health advisory is a perfect amount of levels to have of this <laughs> P- PFAS uh, uh, contaminant. And I've tried pronouncing the perophysosulfic, uh, whatever it is, but PFAS, as we'll refer to it. Um, an estimated 3,100 people using the parchment municipal water supply were told late Thursday to immediately stop drinking the water after high levels of the substance were discovered in municipal water sources. Uh, it found out that it leaked into uh, uh, Cooper Township, which is a neighboring uh, township, and then also uh, I think Kalamazoo Township may have had some as well. Uh, and even some of the, the uh, well water uh, was found to have it. What was interesting about uh, this incident too is, again, it's a uh, government-run water supply. But there was a report done in 2012 where the DEQ, which is um, the Department of uh, Environmental Quality, uh, they had warnings about the uh, about the contaminant being in the water supply. Uh, this state representative's uh, rinks said, what can I say, or what I say is that they knew about this six years ago and did nothing about it until this year. So those set speak for themselves. The fact that there are other states that have done less do, does not excuse their inaction when they had the knowledge of the six, significant health risk for six years ago. Uh, they said that the report, for whatever reason, never saw the light of day, and now we're paying the price. Um, the, I guess it was given over to the governor, uh, and just no one picked it up. This just <laughs> this report <laughs> reminds me so much of uh, you know the possible. Uh, warnings of uh, Muhammad Atta uh, attacking the, the Trade Center, or, or at least carrying out the, the terroristic plot, uh, sitting on Condoleezza Rice's desk, or um, th- this is uh, you know the the possible cabling of uh, a Japanese um, incursion into the Pacific to attack Pearl Harbor that may or may not have been uh, uh, seen for the kickoff of World War II. Um, so it just seems like you know, hey, they did this testing that. It was found to be um, really high. Uh, you know, has, has did no one hear of of Twitter or Facebook in 2012, uh, or, or when the Flint water crisis happened? Uh, let's say it happened in 2014, two years ago. There's not someone who did those testing and went, hey, you know what? Maybe maybe we should tell somebody about this so that we can get up and rolling. 
Yeah, it seems to be the problem with the government is it's just so easy to bury those kind of tests and not talk about them that, and they don't, I mean, it's almost like they just close their eyes like, oh, I didn't see it. It didn't happen. Right. Well, and I was just reading a news article today about how uh, McDonald's has uh, uh, used their, their uh, or has had a big uh, infection into their into their salads and affected people in something like 18 states. So wow. again, you know, private companies have have their issues too with with hurting people, but the protections that they have, where it's like, well, you know, we're not required to disclose certain things, or we're not required to do these testing. Um, because the government says, you know, we don't have to, um, you know, you're, you're, you're going to have the ability to, um, sue McDonald's. You're going to have the ability for McDonald's to change. You're, you're going to take money out of the, their corporation that will hurt them. And then hopefully they'll make changes based on that. If not, they'll, they'll go out of business cause no one will eat there, but you can't do that with government forced utilities. There, there's no way that the government is going to say, well, you know, you really did a disservice. Here's a uh, hundred thousand uh, dollars for you know five years, so that uh, the the birth of birth effects that happened to your kid because of this PFAS um, is is affecting you, and uh, we're also going to be going out of business uh, after we we pay off those debts. No, you're, you're well, all you're going to get is an ability to have them take more money to to fund this. They're going to say, oh, we didn't have you know these 1200 people looking at this water supply so let's do it now and when people are in a state of fear especially for something that's already forced upon them they're not going to think oh well we can't do nothing uh we we need to give them this this money so it's it's always been that way it was it was that way when uh 9-11 happened when it called for an increase for you know homeland security funds and the u.s patriot act occurred because of that well we can't just do nothing yeah we failed but now we need to increase the tsa even though there's an adequate evidence that it does nothing to curb terrorism and that it's 95% ineffective at, at finding things that are that are brought through. Yeah, it's pretty crazy when you think about that where if it's a government entity, you know, something goes wrong, so they're like their their main idea is, well, let's just put more money into it, fund it more. Well, why would we fund it more when it didn't work in the first place? Why don't we find some different way to do that? Yeah. Well, and Have there's someone always- else do it. Yeah, there's always this idea of like, well, then people vote on it. But not everything has to be taxed in, in the direct line that, oh, it has to go to the voters. Sometimes it's just done. It's done through different accounting means that they have the ability to say, okay, this is this is the thing. We Is that your, your legislators voted on it? Or this um, city commission decided to do this. And they're still constrained, at least on a local level, which is good, about how taxes happen. Uh, but uh, taxes on a federal level, let's say, if we build it up. Uh, I mean, when's the last time during the presidential election you to vote on a federal tax as well? Well, you didn't. Those are just created. And it's a use-based tax. It's, hey, we need this amount of money, so uh, we need to increase uh, you know, how much we take out of people's paychecks by this percentage. And there's, there's, no, there's no vote. Oh, well, you have representation. Uh, no, you have people who want to maintain power who are far away from you, who are taxing you without uh, consulting you. Yeah. I wonder what that sounds like. I wonder what that sounds Makes like sense. from the, the, the maybe the 1700s area, maybe a little closer to the 1800s area. Unfair or no un, unfair taxes and no representation in parliament. 
something um, like that. Yeah. So, you know, the, the, the fact that there's there's a, a misunderstanding that, oh, if you have private entities that come in, uh, that there would be people who wouldn't get water supply. I mean, you're talking about, oh, well, you know, if people just uh, drink this free poison, well, at least they get a, a, a little water, too. I mean, you know, the, there's no... That there's no understanding of having a private entity who can be taken to the woodshed for uh, these type of things. There's an incentive to do uh, testing, especially if you're a sole company that's looking to make sure that uh, outside competition doesn't come in. Um, if, if you had the ability for people to set up uh, competing businesses that uh, got people cleaner water, um, you know, you would have uh, an increase in value and quality of, of your services. That's just how competition works. Yeah. And whatever happened to the days, because I mean, let's say we, let's say the crazy things that people are against privatization, privatization, I can't say that word, privatizing the water. Let's say the craziest things happen where it comes true and people aren't getting water. Whatever happened to the days of just digging your own well, then you've just right. become your own water supply and you're fine. Like, I mean... If if one company's not giving you the water, the clean water you want, you go with another one, and if that's not working, dig a well. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and uh, in one of these articles, it talked about how you shouldn't purchase any uh, private water filtration or anything like that. Granted, there were uh, already scams that were coming in uh, to people about setting up uh, fil filtration systems, but there's just it's like, oh no, 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 wait, the government hasn't authorized any uh, water filtering stuff to 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 come in, so. You know, if it's not been approved by us, we, we don't want you plebes using Brita water filters to, to guzzle down this, this poison water that we gave you. <laughs> um, there's, there's, just, you, there's just an understanding of, oh, you're an infant. Let us hold your hands. We're the smart ones, even though we're the ones that end up doing this to you. I mean, there's, there's, uh, uh, there's, there's no um, trusting people to make logistical decisions or for people to say hey here's the best one i found and and um have private water testing done as well um it's this idea that um you know if it's not government sponsored uh like everything else that's that's um gone wrong like the food pyramid or, or anything like that <laughs> um is is unsafe it's it's the same thing that we see with scientific studies oh if you know uh uh the Wrigley's Gum Company sponsored uh, the best way to freshen your breath, and it was found that uh, brushing your teeth and also uh, chewing gum to break up black enamel. Well, you can't trust that because um, it was found to have a positive effect for for Wrigley as well. It's like, well, you don't think government entities have interests in the studies that they carry out too? I mean, that that's that's asinine to to think that. Um, the government's just going to allow a, a study to be published that says, "Oh well, you know, abolish this, ab abolish the, the the sanctions or the regulations in place uh, could could help prevent all this, uh, have more direct competition come in." There's there's no way that they're going to be the, uh, allowing that as well. Um, so no, it's not just it take away, one side. It would take away from their power. Right. Okay. Uh, anything else? I think I think of I did find an interesting thing that uh you know the parchment uh city water is so bad that 
they actually have to what is it the city of Kalamazoo luckily is under the acceptable range um, and they have to drain all of parchment's water supply then they're gonna power Kalamazoo city water through it until it finally goes below the acceptable levels and then once that happens they can finally get they're gonna use Kalamazoo's water supply to to flush into so people in parchment can get water again and it's, it just makes you think how much more money is being just pumped into that now and then what happens then I know they're thinking of a short-term uh, fix but what happens then if all of a sudden you do some retesting you find out Kalamazoo's water is contaminated it's like it's just like a never-ending cycle of just more money more problems right more well, money it's, it's, more problems it's it's always this understanding of short-term fixes for long-term wants and that's what government does because you only have the people in power thinking about until the next election cycle and Mm -hmm. if the election cycle is you know five years from now instead of uh you know uh, three months um then you have less of them that would care about you know fixing the issue and if they're trying to fix the issue they're going to find the quickest fix possible to uh, tell people, okay, you're safe now. But yeah, what, what if you know there's a pocket of this PFAS stuff that um, Kalamazoo hasn't tested in a certain area, or uh, what if it, it the the there are different contaminants that mix with this PFAS that uh, create a bigger health concern? What if it doesn't just um, kind of go in and dil- dilute the water? I mean, there's there's it seems like this. Uh, suggestion on what to do came relatively quickly so it's a wonder who who are they consulting to figure out the best possible solution is it just the the people that that allowed the the poisoning to to happen or are they consulting with other government agencies are they consulting with experts who are they bringing in to make these determinations or is it just oh we'll dilute the water and that that'll do it there that should do it yeah and the other thing is like um the from what I understand, at least the testing they're doing, they're not going around testing every single well, all, all the water supply or anything like that. They're just like picking and choosing. They're almost doing like a generalized like, oh, well, we have forty wells and we tested twenty five of them and we're good. It's like for this kind of thing where you're contaminating people's drinking water, they can't shower, cook, or drink with any water. Like, wouldn't you want to go around and test? Every single like as meant like every single well you have all your reserves you know seventy five different points in this one pipe you know I I just, I just don't I don't get it yeah yeah well and at the end of the day they'll say okay everything's good now trust us well that's what we that's what they did last time and you decided to poison people so again it's it's not saying that private companies don't have the ability to poison people as well. It's just that there are deeper ramifications for this. Uh, you know, if it's found, if, if, if ABC Water Company found in 2012 that, uh, you know, this harmful chemical was there and they did nothing about it, people could be sued. The company could get shut down. People could go to jail for this type of stuff. But is, is there a government worker who's going to go to jail for any of this stuff? Is there uh, a, a, a payout that's going to happen that's going to hurt the the city water supply uh, uh, company? No, of course not. You can't shut down the city water company. That's the only one that's there. That's the one we have the 
the, the marketing or the, 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 the monopoly over it. And this has been an issue of having uh, water issues in this area for a while because of the government. The, the city has supplied water to certain uh, different areas within the county, uh, and the, the, the rate of their bills that came out were insane, um, and people weren't paying them. And so you had managers from the townships come into the city, and it's a, a literal Mexican standoff where if the townships sue the city, the city will go bankrupt because they're what the service that they would have to pay for and the the back pay for all all whatever is there uh, would bankrupt the city and if they just let it go well then they're not getting the service from the contractual agreement that was agreed upon so they're they, they've been in this mexican standoff for years and they meet uh once or twice a month to, to just say oh we're gonna sue you well if you do that you won't get anything oh you're right well see you in another month or two um <laughs> This is this is exactly what happens when you have a forced monopoly when you you don't have the ability to have people come in and run it as a as a private business. Um, you know the the water supply is scarce, so you uh, regulate it through the market, so that way you have the best quality for the best price. And if you have competition come involved, where you can choose between ABC company and XYZ company, so you figure out which ones best for you and you enter into a contract with them. Yeah, about the whole um, thing you said earlier about, you know, with private companies, you're going to, you know, they contaminate water and they hide it like the government's doing and you're going to see people go to jail. I saw an interesting thing. I didn't read the article, but I just kind of read the tagline when I was looking at articles for this, um, that Rick Schneider uh, was just left off of the lawsuit facing um, for the Flint water crisis when, I mean, I get it. He's the governor. And, you know, even if he was in the lawsuit, he's not going to say, he's not going to serve any jail time. He's not going to actually have to pay out, but it's just interesting that now he's left off of it when in the long run, you know, those papers had to come across his desk and he had to sign them in order to switch the Flint stuff Mm -hmm. eventually. Right. So, I mean, you, you get the highest official who you, you know, at some point, he was involved in the decision, and then you're just leaving him off on a lawsuit. That wouldn't happen with a, a private company. Right. It's it's much easier to fire the top head. Uh, and people say, well, you know, you can just vote people out. Yeah, but you have to wait like four, six, two years to do so. And there's a recall process. There's a, a long process involved in that. But heck, half the time, uh, when a stock for a private company dips 2%, the CEO is out and they get somebody else in. I mean... The, the, the fact that, oh, just, you know, well, you know, vote next time. It's like, yeah, but you're, what if you don't want to vote for either of the two parties and, um, and, or you vote for, you know, the, the other side, but whichever one that might be, could be third party, libertarian would be great. Um, you oh, know, yeah. d- did you then consent to that other person? I mean, you know, what if, uh, the next person that comes in says, uh, you know, Free money for everyone, uh, but I'm not doing anything uh, to help the water supply. People vote that person in, but you care about you know not having your children uh, uh, be unable to gain weight for six years of their development uh, after they're born because of what the this PFAS does. Um, you know, you're you're stuck. You, you didn't authorize this person to uh, give up free money and to to uh, to 
not care about the water <coughs> supply, but then there's no recourse for you because again, it's it's a public company, and you there you have the tragedy of the commons. You you just don't have people that have an incentive to care other than well, you know, if we screw up too much, then then we could go to jail or there could be a fee that the the city pays out, which on a city level, on a local level, again, that's why we encourage local uh, action. Uh, you have people that, that will, it, it'll hurt more on a local level. But again, it depends on what where you're at. We see that with police payouts. Um, you know, it comes, comes out of taxpayer fund money. There's no, there's no de-incentive for police to change, or I should say there's no incentive for the police to change their actions if, you know, they beat up a handcuffed person and they pay out, you know, a million dollars to the person. It's just coming out of public funds already. So when you sue a police department, you're actually essentially suing yourself. There's no reaching into, you know, the, the union funds or uh, uh, any of the retirement funds for the officer that did the beating. It's, it's directly taken out of the public's cost.